and I'm going to try taking another call. But I swear that the next time I hear the N-word again, I'm going to start reading from the Bible. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to a new episode of Cult of Professionalism. You're hearing it right. You're hearing that crisp audio. Mm. You're hearing all those non-existent fluctuations in my monotone voice. Mm, oh, yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's Matthew. How you doing? Hey, you know. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty damn good today because I'm talking to a real microphone instead of the iPhone <laughs> voice memos. And by God, does it feel good. Yeah, way better than that other cult of personality show. Uh, way I would say so. Yes, in in terms of content, in terms of recording quality, and of course the personality. That one, you know, kind of a misnomer if they don't really have much. Okay, so I gotta tell you, gotta talk to you about something. Okay, I saw Batman. Yeah, good so, movie. So, do you want to do uh, a spoiler full review? Yeah, spoiler full. The movie's been out for like three weeks. You Everyone's- had your time. Everyone's seen it, you know, it's, look, look, nothing new happens in this guy. It's, it's just a Batman movie. First off, I went to the VIP theater. Shout out to Cineplex. Which, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I think, uh, we got our tickets for free, and I think if you have to pay for them, you said they're, what, like $20? I think they're like $20. Which is... Which is kind of a lot because there is no increase in screen or audio um, clarity. But how about that seating? The seating's nice, but I went to a theater in the States, and I think it was just a regular run-of-the-mill theater. Maybe it was a VIP theater. I don't know. Um, And it had way nicer seating. But the seating is nice. You get a little tray to your left, which can hold food. And that was cool. A guy comes by with a little iPad, and he can take your order. Just pay with your card, whatever. Um, It was like $20 for a burger and fries. (laughs) And honestly, it was as good as a burger and fries at any commercial restaurant. Yeah. Like Montana's or, or Smitty's. Anything like that. It's it's as good as that. Yeah. So Caitlin and I got deep fried pickles, popcorn, and I got a burger and fries and I was so stuffed. <laughs> Luckily the movie's long enough that I could digest a little <laughs> bit and you know, refuel. But um it it was uh it was it was cool. I didn't check out the lounge, which I is probably a big part of the appeal but the vip theater honestly feels like um that's where you want to take your date out to now that's classy cinema going you know it's not you know buy a five dollar soda pop and go watch whatever new superhero crap is out this is for cinema goers and sophisticates but uh yeah skip ahead to x time don't skip just listen just it's fucking who cares and you know what i'll say this last thing about the vip mm-hmm. um the lounge is a great idea in practice even though i only go see late movies and everyone wants to leave yeah because that's where you would get a nice uh that's where you get a uh you know a glass of scotch and you would discuss the film 
with your fellow cinephiles, mm-hmm. you know. Um, ideally, they'd all be in black suit, uh, black tie attire, <laughs> and you would just kind of, you know, just shoot the shit about cinema. Uh, I haven't really seen anybody there, but that's my dream. When I when I walked by, there was guys hanging out. Yeah, chilling. Yeah, yeah. But we should we should do that when there's a movie that we want to go see. Yes. And like, may, you know, go to the lounge before, maybe after. Hand out podcast cards and say, if you really want some in-depth... If you liked some of the in-depth discussion that we're providing right now, <laughs> we have hours of it online. Here you go. Like when we're talking about the movie in the middle of it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you got to drop it where you can. I mean, it's Dog Eat Dog World or podcast, e-podcast world or whatever. You know what I mean? You lean over and you... Oh, he's new. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's new. Have we seen them before? Oh, this is an... I was... You know what? I was watching this Batman movie and I thought it was going to be uh, Christian Bale. And I said, oh, he's new. Because I didn't watch whatever older ones or the whatever newer ones have come out recently with the, the fat guy in it. I didn't watch those. Do you want to talk about the story or just talk about our thoughts about it? This story is just Batman's... Batman's in year two or something and Mm -hmm. there's a new guy named Riddler and basically he just kills people and then leaves riddles behind and Batman has to figure that out and yep all the typical players are here you got Alfred you got uh, Jimmy Gordon Mm -hmm. you got Catwoman and yeah that's it it's pretty it's pretty par for the course for Batman let's just talk about our thoughts what were your thoughts on the film (laughs) okay you saw more recently I saw it like last time two weeks ago I thought it was as good as Joker, like you predicted. I, the, my, I, for the record, my pr- prediction was correct. It was Joker. This is the kind of cinema we can expect from DC. Joker level quality, which is mm, a decent. Yeah. I when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this this is good. This is good." And then once I got out of the uh, the theater, I lost that VIP f- high. <laughs> I it, it dawned on me that it actually wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't that special. I mean, it was good. Like, I really liked the the look of the movie. That uh-huh. very dark, gothic look. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked the look of Gotham. Um, I, in contrast to, like, the uh, Tim Burton Batman, which looks pretty goofy, this looks like a real Gotham, which yeah. I liked. I like the look of all or the designs of all the characters. Batman's costume is really nice, especially like his boots. They just look like boots he picked up at Mark's work warehouse or something yeah. like that. It looks very, you know, very lived in, very realistic. Unlike, you know, the Christian Bale Batman, which looks like a billionaire bought that suit. Well, he is a billionaire, okay? Well, I know, but you know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, the Tumblr versus yeah. this Batmobile. I like this Batmobile a lot. It just looks like a very beefy muscle car. Yeah. I like that. The Penguin looks cool. I always liked the Penguin. Yeah. So it was nice seeing him as just, like, an Italiano uh, club just a, owner. Just a mobster guy. Just instead, a greaseball. Instead of, like, a disgusting mutants yeah the older ones from danny devito yeah Yeah. i I like that he's all covered in scars and he's pretty sarcastic you know people were i saw people talking about marvel movies and that marvel formula of having jokes and stuff this follows that same formula too there's jokes in these but the difference is that the dc jokes are dry humor it's like dry sarcasm (laughs) it's like the joke is like um Oh, you have a lot of cats, and Catwoman's like, yeah. (laughs) 
and then you're kind of supposed to laugh at the abs- and then that makes you step back and look at the absurdity of the situation which is this guy in the costume yes. and this lady who is in a cat costume and then it's like a haha and then you have to get quickly reimmersed because then it's back to serious yeah. stuff but they, it is very serious there it's it's not a quip fest okay mm-hmm. if you're looking for some quips if you're looking for a kid's superhero movie, head over to the other theater and watch Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay? Where you can see a himbo being a little <laughs> klutzy himbo for the whole movie. You can see a couple of older Spider-Men humping each other <laughs> for a couple of laughs. You know, the, this is serious shit. I, I, so I did like it, um, but my problem with the movie is that it's pretty bloated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is far too long. It does not need to be as long as it is. And it is extremely exposition heavy where it's just, okay, solve a riddle. And then, oh, this riddle means that Jimmy um, hates Jimbo. And then, okay, we need to find out the history of why Jimmy hates Jimbo and all that stuff. And I like that at first because it was nice to see Batman actually be a detective. Yeah. Because in past movies, he's not really a detective at all. Yeah. And he's supposed to be, like, one of the best detectives, right? So it was nice seeing him do detective work. But in this, it, it they just do it for far too long, I, f- I find. And it's too much exposition, too much back and forth. And the big thing is that... Batman solving these riddles becomes less and less important to the point where he he finds out Riddler's big plan a second before it happens and I I think the only reason they let him or like the the writers made him find out his plan was so that it it could be explained to the audience yes yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'd like to be fair. Like, I, I, I know some people rag like on the Dark Knight because they're like, for the Joker's plan to work, there's so many contrivances and so many coincidences or things yeah. that happen. I like kind of hand wave that because like the whole it, to to get the kind of super villain master scheme to work yes. on that level, it's like yeah, you're gonna have to cut some corners. That's that's okay with me. I agree. I do agree. It's too long. Um, I get that they wanted to really set this up so they can do further movies mm-hmm. and then really make a franchise out of it because that's the end game. Uh, but you're right. It, considering that you have a lot of players in this and then the end of the considering the end of the movie and what has happened over the course of it, I was like, you could have shaved 40 minutes off this movie and mm-hmm. done it more efficiently. Um, Performance-wise is what I was really watching for this film. What do you think about... Uh, Dano as Riddler. Um, he was good up until he took the mask off, and then when we see him in Arkham, I he it becomes kind of corny for me. They <laughs> ah, they, they ah. push it way too far for me, and like to the point where I was laughing. But I did like the Riddler. I I liked that Gary Post inspiration, who was a Zodiac killer. Yeah, that's a call forward. Uh, yeah. And, well, well, I'm not done. And, I would say he looks a lot like Arthur Lee Allen, uh, to be honest. Well, he wasn't he wasn't touching kids. He was killing well, people, which it, Gary posted uh, okay. as a Zodiac killer. Okay, yeah. So I, I like that. I like clear inspiration. I mean, the whole symbolism he was going for, yeah. the mask, all that. I liked when he was serious in costume, but then when we saw him, I just kept seeing him as Brian Wilson 
and I couldn't um, take my mind off that. Yeah, I mean, he, I like the scene like when they get him in the diner, and he kind of, even though you just see him as just regular Paul Dano, he still kind of maintains that creepy menace. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, when he gets in, like when he starts uh, screaming like that, that's where like my immersion was. Start- that's where it starts to break, you know, yeah. where you kind of, we've all kind of decided to buy into the uh, the serious idea of the Batman movie, and then the guy's going, ah, <laughs> no, this can't happen. And I know that you have to do every... Now, I think Heath Ledger has made it so that you have to play every... I mean, all the Batman villains are crazy, but you have to play them crazy. Like, they have to be ill. The Riddler in this movie, I don't know if this is just how it's supposed to be, but for me, it seemed like they were just doing a, a reskin Joker. It's That's also the problem, is that now it's like, we're all going to do Joker thing, where they all have these big ambitious plans, and yeah. they all believe they're intertwined with Batman, or they have this special relationship. There is a lot of that there. That was like one thing I was a little disappointed by. I know you can't do cartoon Riddler where he has a bowler hat (laughs) and a question mark cane. But like this was a little too much in the direction, I think, of grounded. And then I think in interviews, Matt Reeves was talking about how he has to do this grounded. And that kind of, I don't like that because I want to see Mr. Freeze in the next movie. And that's what I was just saying to Caitlin yesterday. And in, if they do Mr. Freeze like they did Riddler, then it's just going to be a guy stabbing people with icicles or something. I want to see a freeze gun <laughs> shoot ice out of a gun and freeze guys, okay? Yeah, I, I, I was talking to Caitlin about that yesterday, how pretty much every movie now it seems like they have to have Catwoman because they need to have a love interest. You have to have Catwoman because he's the only one for him. And then you have to have a Joker or a Joker type of villain because Joker is a perfect foil to Batman. Yes. Because in this, it's just like I said, it's just Joker too. Yeah. Um. So. And Joker is in the movie. Yeah, which I didn't. I I did not know until I watched that deleted scene with you. Because in the movie, I was, I was like, this guy just has a fucked up face. Who is this fucked up face? But man? he says something about a clown, and then you, and then he starts laughing. That's classic Joker. He's a clown who laughs. Get ready for the next movies. Maybe Joker will be there. Wasn't Joaquin. That was a mistake. Uh, probably didn't want to be in the movie. I understand. <laughs> Don't do Joker again. I'm like it's. This is it. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm done with Joker now. Yeah, it's over. It's not fresh anymore. Uh, a couple of things that were a bit really weird to me was that they they catch the penguin after that huge car chase where he probably kills about fifteen people, <laughs> and, and Batman is complicit in all that ca- carnage. Yeah, yes. Um, that's why cops don't do car chases because. <laughs> shit happens but anyways so then they catch the penguin after this and then as a punishment they leave him in a bad part of town with his legs and arms bound as like a slap on the wrist punishment why are you not arresting this man it's because like oh well, i guess the thing there was like the because in classic batman fact if uh, fashion gotham pd is just full corruption there's like three good cops in the whole god except in that scene later where they're like these are all the good cops coming mm-hmm. to arrest a Falcone, but like I guess they didn't have anything on him. They just saw him kill a bunch of people. But like then, I think at that point, that was in the point in the movie where Batman was like an enemy of Gotham uh, because he punched Jim because they were all corrupt, yeah. right? So it was like he's not supposed to be working. So this was all off the book. They're just trying to get information. They're trying to get Riddler. He was the big fish. Okay. And then they will they'll deal with that stuff later. I guess it's whatever. Okay, look. He needs to be doing cool shit for the next movie. Remember, it's yeah. all in service of the next film. 
the other big thing was that Riddler's whole plan was to get um, Jesus out of the club so we could shoot him, right? Yeah. Are you telling me that he's never once left that club? He's never went outside? Maybe he's got, like, uh, U of M tunnels to get to, like, the convenience store or, like, the liquor store, you know? Well, that, I mean, he that owns... was too big Whoa, he owns of this... a coincidence Bro, he owns this city, bro. He can do whatever he wants. Don't even worry about it. And uh, this is just a question for you. Why is this movie so similar to The Dark Knight? Is this some Batman lore? Uh, you mean in, in terms of the... Like the Falcone thing that was... Falcone in... thing is, like, they always do that. Do they? It's it. If they're doing like a mob story, it's it's just always Falcone and Maroni, and they're and then this one Maroni got busted early on, so it's just Falcone. Um, they do take inspiration from like they both take inspiration from Long Halloween, but Long Halloween is really just a quintessential Batman story with like I said, like it just has like all the villains, it has the mob corruption, it has murder mystery. It's kind of just like a complete sort of quintessential Batman story. So they all kind of crib from it, and that's why they're similar. Also because Dark Knight was really cool and it made a billion dollars. Is the Falcone and Moroni thing, like, is that old school Batman or...? Yeah, like, that's just, like, whenever he has to do some mob stuff that mm -hmm. isn't related to one of his villains, it's just Falcone and Moroni are the two figures. But are those characters from, like, super old, like, 60s Batman, or is that kind of new stuff? No, that's, like, old. Yeah, they yeah. they date from, like, the 50s, I think. Okay. Yeah. So th they're old school. Yeah. You just got to have one of those guys, you know? Also, didn't I, I don't like shoehorned in love plots, uh, especially in this, because the thing with like the christian bale movies is that you get to see bruce wayne out in the real world and christian bale can play a good bruce wayne he he's a great bruce wayne he's charismatic as hell and this um pattinson is just super emo the whole movie why would catwoman be attracted to him i guess you could be like oh she's she's broken too she, it's but... bro 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 they li they both live life on the edge they know yeah. what it's like to feel pain and through that they bond also they're both uh, sexy and in the same age range okay right don't even worry about it sometimes it, you know what even in the comics sometimes this ke the chemistry between them doesn't even make sense and it feels shoehorned but batman has to have a little bit of sex appeal and so they get zoe kravitz in a leather suit i think she does a decent job as yeah. i think she's pretty good as cow i think she's better than uh anne hathaway yeah as cow even though i do like anne hathaway um she does it better she's got the good look yeah, you know, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I I, li I like her costume. Anne Hathaway's costume was pretty corny. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. one is is good. It's just you know, just a bodysuit and then some crummy little hat that yeah. she's wearing. Yeah. One thing, uh, uh, this is not misogynistic. I swear. One thing I don't like, which ruins my immersion, is seeing skinny, uh, women beat up full grown men who hit the gym you know it was a little it was a little more believable with Anne Hathaway because at least she was tall but Zoe Kravitz is like a tiny woman yeah I know it's like don't even worry about it bro dude in the comics she does that so don't even worry bro okay I know it's it's silly it is silly when you see it. but they do kind of subvert that because um she has to get saved from yeah. like an old man Falcone who was like an old man who hasn't exercised presumably in years <laughs> And then he's about to kill her, and then she gets saved. So I guess her thing is that she's, you know, she doesn't. She's got finesse. That's mm -hmm. the Catwoman thing. She's got finesse. She's got skill. She's got agility. Yeah. Well, yeah. Other than that, I, I, I like the movie. It was good, but it was not. Uh, 
It's not Kino. Not Kino of the Year. No, it's not Kino of the Year. It's just a, it's a, it's just a solid Batman movie and nothing really more. I think it's time to stop. Um, I think I'm gonna be honest. I think Dark Knight was a flash in the pan, and I don't think we're gonna get another. We're not gonna have like epic, cool Batman movies. It's like people watch Dark because of Nolan. Now people have high expectations of Batman. Yeah. Because Batman is now supposed to be the the prestige superhero yeah. franchise. Um, but there's not Nolan isn't here now. It's just DC and Warner Brothers doing what they can to set up a franchise and give people and what compete they think. with the MCU. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's whatever. You know what? Shout out! I know what will be on the level. I know what's going to be the new prestige franchise. It's going to be Raimi's Doctor Strange. I'm hopeful. I'm actually not that hopeful. Uh, I, I, like it could be decent, but it's just like. Uh, but looking at the trailers, it's like yeah, it's going to be another. You know. Well, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know because, like we said, he's he's worked on Spider Man three. He but and I, he hated that experience. So he, it's either one or two things. He's selling out. That's very probable. Spider Man three was fifteen years ago. Okay. Yeah. He's old. Okay. He, he's selling out, or he has some artistic leeway, and and maybe, maybe we'll get a director's cut, and. <laughs> Get a load of this guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe we'll get the Criterion Collection release of Multiverse of Madness, too. Keep dreaming, buddy. <laughs> Look, a Sam Raimi, shout out to him and his family. Um, I don't have... His name inspires a little more faith than usual. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know... we We've been through this game before where it's like, oh, look, this director's doing it. And it was like, oh, look. Ooh, Ryan Coogler doing Black Panther. It's going to be radical and cool. No, it's just... It's just a black pan. It's just a black Marvel movie, or like you know, who else have they gotten recently? They just get directors mm-hmm. sometimes with big names, and you kind of see it a little, but it's, it's gonna be whatever. I don't expect this to be very, very stylized. The other thing is that it's gonna be a movie that's gonna. It looks like it's so tied up in the universe. It's getting to the point where like. I guess everyone's seen Marvel movies, so it's kind of like ubiquitous. Like everyone knows generally how it's going. It's like a. It's kind of like a big budget TV show now. Yeah. Then it's like Doctor Strange. It's like, yeah, we got new character America Chavez. We got we're continuing the stuff from No Way Home. We're continuing the stuff from WandaVision, that series that everybody loved, that high quality series that everybody loved and enjoyed, including us. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. And, the, and you know what? The visual effects looked corny in the trailer. <laughs> that th- that scene where his uh, head becomes like blocks. That was supposed to be a cool shot. Um, yeah. It wasn't. I think Doctor Strange peaked at the Freebird scene. Okay, <laughs> it peaked at the Freebird scene. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that that looked rough. I but that that's like, just a, they're trying to push the envelope. I guess like that will eventually look good. Like in the future, not like that by itself. Like that idea will be executed in a way that will look great in the yeah. future but what we have to do is we have to keep pushing the envelope when you get that crappy cgi along the way but i mean lucasfilm was right in that cgi will be the future when we can just deep fake perfectly old actors and do all that sort of stuff everything's going to be cgi and you won't be able to tell the difference but for now we have to push the envelope and we do get those hiccups <laughs> along the way oh that was supposed to be and it's just like that was supposed to be the cool shot yeah. like oh no 
that looked bad. It bode well. It's supposed to look like that. It's magical. It's not supposed to look. I'm gonna tell you right now, Lucas is gonna watch. We're gonna watch this movie in May. Luke is not gonna like it. I'll tell you guys right now. Record this, timestamp this, whatever. No, I'm just telling you, man. This is being recorded I, my, right now. I, it is being recorded. Remember this specific episode and remember this timestamp because I was right about the Joker and the Batman thing. <laughs> And I'm never wrong because I read the comics and that means I know everything. Okay. Before we get to this week's movie, I just had a thought. Do you want to do Kino of the Year? Like uh, <laughs> like last week of December, we just talk about our favorite movie that we watched, our favorite new movie new that movie we watched. that came out the year? Yeah, sure. Yeah. We yeah. could do like a, you know what? We're, we're getting to the point where we can do nice year-end wrap-up videos yeah. because uh, Cop Forever so they're gonna be nice time capsules too yeah yeah okay that'll be fun what's not fun okay <laughs> i have a better segue than that because i don't like that okay <laughs> you know um the batman it takes a lot of inspiration from seven zodiac even mm-hmm. you can even say the visual style uh cribs a lot from that and you know with that those films of course were helmed by one of the great modern directors of our time, David Fincher, mm-hmm. who just, he just pumps out classics, 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 <laughs> classics, 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 every time. Um, so we're going to review one of his films today. It's Fight Club from 1999. Maybe Fight Club is arguably the second most talked about film of 1999 after The Matrix, probably. Yeah. And maybe some other films I'm forgetting. Um, he, I... Let, let me read the Wikipedia description for you guys. I think everyone knows Fight Club. Um, so we follow an unnamed narrator who is discontented with his white-collar job mood. He forms a quote-unquote fight club with soap salesman Tyler Durden and becomes embroiled in a relationship with a destitute woman, Marla Singer. That's the film. Um, it's It's a movie by David Fincher... Lucas, why didn't you like this movie? <laughs> Let's just get right into what what's wrong with this movie? What happened? I think we the my biggest issue if I'm to talk about it, we have to talk about the ending right off the bat, which most people know. So do you want to just Yeah, just whatever. No it's the movie's twenty three years old. Uh big surprise. Edward Norton's character, he sees this guy brad pitt tyler durden he's a cool guy sexy hot he's really cool smokes cigarettes he doesn't give a fuck about anything he punches and gets punched in the face doesn't give a fuck he makes bombs he's like he's like your your friend's cool older brother in high school before he got sent to military school (laughs) okay so he's everybody everything you want to be and more he sees them all the time and they start he, he sees them on the plane first they have some quips back and forth and then Edward Norton gets back to his apartment and he finds that it's been exploded. Alright, there's a big explosion, there's fragments everywhere and he loses all of the all the stuff he really cares about like his yin yang table and his Ikea furniture um, consumerism bad and then he's like, I don't know where to go so he calls Tyler Dern on a payphone and he's like, hey, meet me at this bar Edward Norton goes to this bar. That's where they form the fight club, yada, yada, yada. They become friends. He moves in with them in this, like, abandoned house. End of the movie. Boom. He is Tyler Durden. What? Whoa. Now, that's probably shocking. 
and then you rewatch the movie and then none of it makes any sense anymore. And there is a scene and kudos to them where they try to go, wait, 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 bro, 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 bro. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. And they go, he has insomnia. That's how he works all these jobs. And when he sees him, he's envisioning himself watching him subconsciously. I dissociate all the time. I do that all the time. N- that isn't how multiple personalities works. Don't worry it- about that. Just, this is like a Batman movie. The mental illness just is in service of the plot, okay? And I, I do like that sort of stuff. Like, I sit you know, we've talked about Pin, where... <laughs> great film. Great. Uh, such a cool movie. Where, Like Jay said from Red Letter Media, where, um, you know, c- characters will just represent a part of them. Uh-huh. But what happens is that this movie then takes it literally, and that's where it kind of falls apart. If they never mentioned it, then, then there's some... Um, then you can argue whether or not you know Tyler Durden was real or not. It's like American Psycho; they don't act, they don't say one way or the other what happened. And if they did, then maybe things would fall apart in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can always argue like, oh, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this. But in this, he says, no, Tyler Durden isn't real. Fact. So when you rewatch it, then okay, if he's factually not real, how does any of this make sense? Whereas if they kept it ambiguous, then you could argue, you know? So that really bothers me throughout the whole movie. It really breaks my immersion. I don't know why I have, the, like, a couple fruit flies. There's literally no food in my room. I, I, I got a lot of fruit flies recently, too. I think, really? I think they're taking over, yeah. Is this the season? It's just the season, yeah. Weird. It's, it's a piss off. Huh. Anyways, that's a fruit fly um, tangent. Um, I'll comment on our Instagram on t- this week's post if you've been having an influx of fruit flies because I just we don't we want to know if it's not alone. Speaking of which, last week we said if you agree with Luke, comment promote on Reality yeah, Records. We had one. And, we had well, one comment, which you know that that did, we should be more concerned about how many people are listening to the goddamn podcast if we only had one comment about it. And you know what? Um, the person who would usually support me right now doesn't have Instagram at the moment. Not my prob. So cool. Yeah, you win, man. You know what? It's it's all you. Just delete all. Go back, edit the uh, audio, delete all the parts of me talking, and delete all that. And yeah, it was just a Plan Nine episode, and I didn't show up. You win, bro. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just in Plan your head. God? Maybe I'm just your Tyler Durden. Maybe I'm in your head. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. I'll, you can touch me. I'll beat you up. It'll still be in your head, bro. It doesn't matter. So I, I dislike that. I, I, I like the look of the movie, which we're talking about before. Um, yes. It looks very similar to his other movies. It has a sort of like dark green, dark blue sort of look to it. Yeah. Very <clears throat> not like extremely shadow heavy. I don't but very soft lighting. I can't explain it. I mean, soft lighting at times, but then he goes like Ed. Uh, I'm gonna call him Ed. Ed goes to his uh, office job, and then there's he's, like that. Uh, excuse me. He's the, the narrator. The okay. narrator. He's the, the narrator. There you go, Ed. So Eddie goes to his office job, and then you get like that bright um, bulb lighting, very <laughs> white. But for the most part, the movie is very dark, which works well with its subject matter. Yeah. Um, but. 
that's a the, that's the main thing, and I'll talk about other things that I dislike about it as we go along. Okay, which what Tyler stuff doesn't make sense to you? Um, stuff specifically where he's supposed to be disassociating, watching himself make plans with other people that he's unaware of like stuff like that especially where he's like flying to other places to expand fight club to make plans with other people telling people like he's planning against himself like if i say this in the future just um, cut my balls off bro cut my balls off (laughs) where he's like playing 4d chess against himself (laughs) I okay. mean that that's really no. corny. Okay, you know you're me. right. You know it almost borders on that, and it's, it's, especially like they they even emphasize in the end when he has a big fight with Tyler, and then you just see him punching himself and <laughs> dragging himself across the floor. But they set that up earlier in the movie because he has this scene where his boss is like, "Bro, you're acting weird. You're coming uh, to work with bruises, like." Why shouldn't I fire your ass? Yeah. And then he starts beating himself up and he and he picks himself up with one arm and then like punches himself through a glass table. Yeah. So they kind of set up there. Okay, I'll say this. Is is the is it all cohesive like all the stuff they just not really, but I guess I guess the thing is in the beginning of the movie they set up he has insomnia. They say you never really sleep, you're never really awake. So I guess you're supposed to kind of know from there that what you're going to see is going to be iffy in terms of um, what's actually happening or what's not. Um, but I'll say that they do well in, in developing the clues to have Tyler there. Yeah. Like the scenes with Marla, he'll say something like, we don't want you here. And she'll be yeah. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's subtle enough to be ambiguous on a first watch. You might not notice it. Um, the stuff in general in in general with Tyler and I like Tyler as a character okay because and the reason I like Tyler is that and he, they explain that later in the fi- or he just tells him later in the film he's like and if you had a hard time believing of, about this character because he's impossibly cool well that's because he is basically it's just like this loser in his crappy white collar job makes up a cool handsome yeah. uh, smart guy who doesn't give an F about anything he he fucks like a champion he's just making his own uh, separate identity mm-hmm. about it, right? But I kind of like, actually, and I think you don't like it, but I like the thematic material in this, okay? Now, here's the thing. The film is kind of like anti... You could say that the film is anti-consumerist, yeah. anti-capitalist, anti-corporation. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, sometimes it's so anti-everything that you think that it's just anarchist or just plain I hate society. Yeah without any philosophy. But I think that's deliberate because I think what they do nicely is that is that this movie, I don't think necessarily endorses any of those particular philosophies because what you have is you have Tyler Durden being crazy and his appeal is he's intoxicating. Everybody likes him, right? I mean, the narrator, Ed, he really, he just takes to liking him immediately. I think the point is that you'll if you actually look at what Tyler Durden believes in, it isn't much. It's just him doing things that would be cool or doing things um, that are kind of anarchistic because this narrator just dissatisfied with his station in life. So I see it like that is kind of, it doesn't endorse or it doesn't condone or condemn either the philosophies represented by either the characters 
it's just that it's just showing how one could be persuaded one way or the other, right? Hmm. The whole idea of the Fight Club, it's like basically instead of going to these support groups as he does in the beginning of the film to cure his insomnia where they talk and discuss their feelings, uh, they just punch the shit out of each other, Mm -hmm. okay? And there may be a statement made there about masculinity or something, but the point is that that is something that you can do that will make you feel alive, man. Mm -hmm. If you're not tied up in in your Ikea sofa or, or your couch or whatever, it's... It's the kind of thing where they're not saying start a fight club. And apparently, people after this movie came out did make fight clubs. And I think those people missed the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as in, in terms of the thematic content and what the movie's trying to say is interesting, but not crucial. And I think it's just a well-made picture overall. Hmm. Um, let's talk about the performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Brad Pitt is really good as Durden. Yeah. Edward Norton is, uh, he's kind of Edward Norton all the time, but I like him in this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a good foil to Tyler Durden. Well, I love him in American History X. I think he's he's good in that. Uh, he's amazing in yeah. that. Um, I like him in Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, and then the only and then the only other two like major players in this are Helena Bonham Carter, who is doing Helena Bonham Carter, which is just... Crackhead GF. Crackhead goth GF. Yep. She's pretty decent as that. I would argue that maybe the romance in this is kind of superfluous. It's like it's not terribly crucial. It mm-hmm. gives the biggest thing is that it gives clues to the whole Tyler thing because they're never in the same room at the same time, and Edward is jealous of them sleeping together all the time. But that's just his other identity manifesting. You know, somebody who's a little more sexually potent, I guess. Um, I like Meatloaf in this. Sh- oh, we forgot to mention this is the Meatloaf Memorial episode because he's in- this is the only movie I've seen him in. Shout out to Meatloaf and his bitch tits in this. Um, R.I.P. Also to him in real life and his character. Uh, he was fun as like his sort of friend, or, mm-hmm. like his tether to the world. There's a nice moment when they're like, "Well, we got to bury him. It's just the evidence." But he he doesn't want to bury him, and he stays as the narrator, not as Durden, because he made friends with this guy Mm -hmm. um, and that he genuinely cares about him so that was cool I think it's a it's a pretty well acted film the other thing I really like about this film is yeah it's it's this is solid direction by David Fincher I really like the editing in this me too now some of the visual effects aged like milk okay because CGR sequences yeah the CGI stuff doesn't look that good because the movie came out in 1999 okay but you know what they age better than the Matrix does okay for anyone who thinks the Matrix holds up it doesn't look like shit (laughs) this is better because they do a lot of visual effects but they also do just slick editing techniques Um, they kind of play they kind of play with the way like with reality in the film um, like when Tyler is is espousing his philosophy into the camera and then you see the real shaking. Yeah. There's a couple of cool like cinema stuff like that. Um, or like um, the scenes or like when they showed like the cigarette burns in the corner. Yeah. There's some cool editing stuff like that. It's really slick and it's really well done. And it's a good looking film still to this day. I would say this is a movie that and that's one thing I kind of like about Fincher is that his movies always have this kind of cohesive style. But they don't age that poorly. Okay, this is not. This is a movie that honestly, probably you could have seen come out, except for those visual effects that really dated. Like, could have came in to two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Could have came out like early twenty tens. 
Um, it has a kind of timeless look in that regard. Look, yes, but thematic, it was very 90s. A lot of movies were coming out at that time, like criticizing consumerism and cri criticizing kind of society, like the social construct as a whole, or the capitalist social construct. See, yes, because in, you know what this made me think of? Uh, this made me think of train spotting. Okay? Yeah. Because train spotting is also like, oh, fuck society, fuck consumerism. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I'm saying. Just in, in train spotting, they were like, uh, let's do a lot of heroin. And the point is that both of those lifestyles are empty and that yep. these people are just lost and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and in this is kind of the same way, but instead of heroin, it's it's fighting and, and just general delinquency. Yeah. Um, where it's just, that's also, that's just also empty philosophy. I do kind of like that quote where he says, um, there's no great wars, there's no great depression, the great wars within uh, within us. Um, no, no, no. He says the, the the war is a spiritual war within us and the depression is our great depression is our lives. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a decent quote because it's a nice way of epitomizing, I guess, this time. It, I, I guess this is very Gen X specific. Mm -hmm. um, I was just a, I wasn't even born when this movie came out. So um, I can't relate as much. You can you can still kind of relate to the general idea, but it's just the idea that there is. We've kind of made it so everything's built and everyone kind of feels like a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. And maybe because there's no strife, we feel like we have to manufacture it. It kind of goes back to this idea, I guess, that the Fight Club goes back to just primal instinct. And that we're not made to sit at a computer and assess automobile recall values and stuff like that. Well, that's the thing is that that's a philosophy of the movie, which I kind of disagree with. And that's a, the, a problem that I have with it is that I, I disagree with its message where it's just return to monkey. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that's that's a that's a good philosophy. I basically this movie to me seems like an argument and I, I disagree with its premises especially where they're like at first I was like okay the fight club is a good idea especially or the idea of the of a fight club is a good idea for men because honestly I feel the best I don't know about you but I feel the best when I work out which I haven't done in forever but it feels really fucking good to work out as a guy yeah. and a lot of guys I, I f find um they they find happiness in working out and there was a so i was like okay fight club is is doing that but then they make it about you know anarchy and returning to monkey which i disagree with and there's a part of the movie where they're in a bus and this is one scene that really bothered me they're in a bus uh ed eddie and brad bradlin and they see an advertisement i think it's a calvin klein advertisement or something yeah. and then there's like a buff guy in it and it says something like oh look at him he people are just working out to look like this advertisement no they're fucking not what are you talking and he says oh, self-improvement is masturbation but self-destruction that's something else something interesting see that's yeah. the thing it's like that's that's getting to the point in the movie where you're like that's a little ridiculous like self-improvement is masturbation yeah like what the like, hell are you talking about like you get the idea in like the philosophical sense like you're just self-improving because you just want to feel good but like it, it, it's it goes to the point where you realize that tyler and even in the character like the narrator said in this movie he's like it, it sort of makes sense in a tyler kind of way it only makes sense to him because it is him mm -hmm. and because this is just his fantasy to get out of his crappy life right yeah but to me it just i, I disagree with this movie just seems like it's just anti anything it, it's seriously, like it's nihilistic yeah, it, yeah maybe it, it seriously has 
no point. Uh, well, uh, it has like that return to monkey, but it's only saying return to monkey because I hate everything. Yeah. And I I just I I don't really get the premise, and especially uh, story wise, one thing that bothers me is at the end of the movie. Okay, so they're doing the Fight Club thing, and they're they're branching out, and I, they're doing so because I, people are liking it, and I guess the whole that message is that there's a lot of people who are dissatisfied with their their lives. Yes. And then at the end of the movie, it turns their 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 plan then becomes they're gonna bomb a couple buildings to make people's credit score go away. What the fuck are you? T- that came so. L- came out of left field so hard for me that made no well first it doesn't make any sense yeah. this idea that th- this building has all banking information in it yeah, you know and- maybe it's the 90s they all keep it on one macintosh computer <laughs> yeah fuck it sure why not and they're gonna erase people's credit score okay are you not then erasing their money what the fuck are you talking about you're erasing their credit score who cares about credit score no then the, once the debt records are gone there's no debt bro and then everyone's back to zero it's bro. chaos yep this movie just seems like the Joker wrote it. It, it, it is. It's a, it's a Joker brain film. And I, I, I do like the parts of it that you're saying. I like the acting. I like the editing a lot. I like the look of the movie. But seriously, the message and the plot of this movie just kill it for me. Yeah, yeah I'll agree. Okay, the third act of the movie is the is the least interesting yeah. act. Because at that point, the fight club evolves and they start doing this thing called Project Mayhem where they're just this guerrilla group doing crime yeah it's just like whoa society destroy corporate art yeah and it's blah 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 it's whatever that 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 one's a little rough and then it also has the whole thing where he's trying to figure out what's going on and i mean if you're a savvy viewer or if you've been alive for the last 20 years you'll know that okay this is tyler doing it and this is therefore him doing it so the reveal is it, it falls a little flat whether or not you've seen the movie before just because you kind of get the sense mm-hmm. that um, that there's something going on psychologically anyway and even if you don't then it's like hey he's Tyler but then Tyler is effectively another person so I guess the idea is just he has to fight himself and I guess that kind of plays into the theme of just the war within yourself or mm-hmm. whatever but the third act's not interest- as interesting because then it's just they just become a terrorist group and he has to stop it, and he just and he and he just takes the moralist approach where he's like this is wrong. Um, even though he was cool with all the other crime they were doing, for some reason the building blowing up is where he draws the line. That's whatever. Also, the ending is uh, very iconic visually, mm-hmm. and because they put that pixie song in yeah. there, but then like it's not a terribly satisfying ending because they. He kills Tyler by shooting himself in the mouth. <laughs> and then um, that's a little bit silly because why does that work? I don't know. It's symbolism or something. Okay. Yeah. And then Marla's there and she's like, oh, and they hold hands and they watch the buildings. Well, that looks cool, but it's not a very satisfying ending. Yeah. It's not, not that I wanted to see the aftermath. It's not really the point, but... Um, you the whole thing kind of felt like too neat of a bow to put it all in yeah to me that felt like it should have been in the middle of the movie like when they blow out the building yeah or i it just i don't know it either had to be in the middle of the movie or they made the symbolism of him sort of 
absorbing Tyler a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what it was. I don't think it was like I'm I I don't need you. I think he does need him, but that Tyler just becomes part of him. They just I, they don't really do a good job of reconciling this yeah. whole situation because it, the the point is he hates his life. Yeah. So he makes Tyler now his life's exciting, but really on a conscious level, he does not agree with any of the principles. So then yeah. he kills him, and then what? Well, maybe I guess that's the point. Is that and then what? Well, I don't know. Nobody knows, I guess. Whoa, it's up to you. It's ambiguous. Oh yeah, yeah. I just, I, I like, I, I, again, I like Brad Pitt in this, and I like anti-consumerist movies. We've talked about quite a few of them, and I've, yeah, I've like, liked them in the past. Like, they live. Yep. I guess Repo Man was yep. like that. Dawn uh, of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. American Psycho. Yeah. We, I liked all those. This to me just. It really seems like it's trying to make an argument. I, and I don't know if that's just me, but again, because of that, I really dislike it, especially like when I looked up Fight Club on YouTube. Um, Fight Club Explained. No, not that. I, well, okay, cut the mic. Between you and me, Yeah. I needed, I didn't get this movie. I had to have it explained to me on YouTube. I'll remove all same, this in post. Same bro, same bro, don't worry. I, so. But I was looking up Fight Club on YouTube be, uh, just for fun. I wanted to look at the trailers. And I saw a lot of videos like why you should be like Tyler and shit like that. And I think that's my, my point. Like, obviously, they're supposed to make an argument because people are now saying, like, here, furthering the argument. Tyler's a f- an idiot. Okay. Yeah, he's, he is. And he's like showing uh, dicks to kids, and his whole thing is just like shit, shit on your neighbor. And, okay, last thing, last negative thing. I'm sorry if I'm a hater. Last negative thing is that there's no dissenting opinions in this movie. Everyone in the world just unanimous, unanimously agrees with the Fight Club premise, which. I guess because they all hate their lives or whatever, sure. You mean like but, the people in the Fight Club? And just people out in the world where there's this part in um, the movie where Tyler's like, I want you to go fight random people on the street. Mm-hmm. And then they do that. And then people love it. They love fighting, getting fought on the street. And then they join their club. Like, just everyone in this movie loves a fight club. There's no dissenting opinions like... Man, I don't like getting punched in the face 50 times until I'm bleeding. This sucks. Whereas like an American Psycho, you have Patrick Bateman and he's interacting with his friends and then he says some psycho shit and they're like, <laughs> okay. But then even in American Psycho, they like he talks about putting heads on the stick, haha, Ed Gein, and then they're like, hmm, that was weird. And then anyway, what's for dinner today? Like it, 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 they just brush it off, like, you know? But there's still like some... It just it, it everyone just goes along with it to the point where it seems like they're just doing so for the sake of the movie. It, I think that's just supposed to speak to the idea that this is a generation that's yeah. widely yeah. dissatisfied, yeah. and because of that, a lot of people are easily buying into that because that's the state of their life. Yeah, I don't know. Just the theme of the movie really don't do it for me, but I do agree. Again, 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 again with the things they're saying. I like the editing. I like the look. I like the performances. I like the soundtrack too. But just. I don't know. That's all I have to say, really. You know what? It's like, I can see, um, for some, I could see why the cynicism in this could also be like a little bit exhausting. Yes. Because it's a very cynical film. It's sardonic. I think it's clever enough, and they put enough humor in the film um, that it's not a total downer. 
but this is like you said a very kind of specific um like 90s like turn of the century yeah. type of film yeah um edgy in really the original sense where it was not where edgy not as in just um just dark and just you know graphic edgy in the sense that it's like pretty transgressive material mm-hmm. that is edgy and like literally edgy in the sense that it's something you don't see typically i guess in like a mainstream theater mm-hmm. or pre- presents idea of course that uh, would oppose you know traditional views and such like that so i'll give the movie credit for that um let me see what else I have written about this. Um, there's some decent running gags in the movie as well, playing into the humor. Um, it's silly, but I like the the little I am Jacks, blah, 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 <laughs> that they do throughout the film. That's yeah. funny. Um, they have a... Um, what else do they have? Um, Tyler's uh, Tyler's weird soap thing. I, I don't really know what that's supposed to be specifically about, but it's kind of funny too. What do you mean? Like what it's supposed to represent? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I, I think he puts it succinctly when they go to the mall. Yeah. He says, "We're selling uh, rich people's fat asses right back to them." This is supposed to be like, a, like "Fuck that, you." That lipo scene where the bag is leaking. Oh my god, that was gross. <laughs> that was nasty, bro. You're gonna see a lot of blood in this. Um, you know what? Um, some people really might like seeing Jared Leto's face get absolutely pulverized into hamburger. So that's something if you're not a big fan of a Suicide Squad or uh, 30 Second to Mars, if that's his <laughs> band, that you'll enjoy that. He's in that, he's in this for, as like a minor, minor character. Was he big at the time? I think this is like one of his debut roles because he's like 50. Well, you know, he was like, he was like tw- mid-20s in this. I want to say that this is like one of his earlier roles. Okay. Um... Yeah, I want to say so. Uh, he just plays this blonde... An- he, he plays this guy named Angel. Mm-hmm. He's just like this angel face guy. This narrator beats him up and says, I just want to destroy something beautiful. Uh, maybe maybe that was the problem there. They stroked his ego too hard in this movie. <laughs> Got too big for his britches. Um, but it's, it's a well-made picture. And I'll say um, that perhaps the script is not as strong as the direction. Because this is the type of movie we've seen before. And the guy who wrote the book is this guy named Chuck Palahniuk. Um, and he's just, he does, the, this is his type of story. It's mm-hmm. like transgressive fiction, very edgy. Um, one time I read a story of his in high school about this guy who who masturbates by going to the bottom of his pool and putting his ass on the sewer on the grate and it sucks on his ass mm-hmm. so it kind of stimulates him mm-hmm. and then the story ends by his whole colon and large intestine coming out of his ass and getting stuck in the grate and then he has to chew through his own colon and then he loses most of his <gasps> colon. it's like this is the kind of material oh, working God. with okay this is like like charles bukowski like fuck life fuck society mm-hmm. Probably there's a lot of drugs, you know. This is this type of thing that you're going for, okay? Yeah. I like I, we and we just did like a fuck society. We did pink flamingos and I, I liked that because that was like I, I guess it was just more interesting. But and it was like it was purposely not 
saying anything while its message was fuck you. Like, yeah. it was just fuck you. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Do it was like an God? Andy Warhol I am God. painting where it's just it's just a nice looking can of soup. That's it. Yeah. Like that abstract art bullshit. It's done. Okay? It's done. You know, there is like, last thing I'll say is that there's one scene I really liked. There was like a pink flamingos moment. Because what happens is that they're fighting in this bar called Lou's Bar or Lou's mm-hmm. Diner or something. Yeah. They're fighting in the basement. Then Lou shows up. He looks like the penguin from Batman. Yep. And he's got his henchman with a gun. He says, what the fuck are you doing here? And they're like, oh, we worked out a deal with the manager, Irving. And he's like, fuck you. And then he beats up Tyler. And Tyler's like, ha, he's, he's doing the Joker thing where he's laughing and getting punched. Mm-hmm. And then so then it's like right there. It's like, okay, authority is winning over these guys. But then how does Tyler win that? Um, he lets him punch him a bunch and then he takes him down and then he starts like spitting blood into his mouth and he's like you don't know where I've been man you don't know where I've been <laughs> and he's like ah disgusting he's like you have to let us fight here and he's like okay and at first I was like well, this, that scene doesn't really make sense but I think the point of that scene was to show that they, they can win over authority by doing the things that people don't want to do yeah. the gross stuff yeah. it's like it's like power versus propriety you know they win not because they have the numbers or the strength or the money uh they win because they have the grit and they'll do things that nobody else will do so that was like a nice little scene that i thought was a good encapsulation of the film's general message yeah yeah and then lou leaves and then they don't bother him anymore see like that doesn't make sense practically Mm -hmm. but it makes sense in the context of the film yeah three bags out of ten you mean out of five? <laughs> he can't keep getting away with it. He can't. I won't allow it. Maybe four. Four bags? You don't run to five. Run to five. No, because I actually I don't want to watch this movie again. How many times have you seen this movie? I think three times. I watched it when I was a teenager and I thought it was really cool. That's when you're supposed to. You need to watch. This is um teen core movie. This is like transgressive teen core, okay? Don't watch this when you're... The, <laughs> I read some... I think it said on the Wikipedia they were trying to do like um, a coming-of-age movie for people in, in their 30s. I would like to think that people in their 30s have things better figured out than this. Mm-hmm. And I think if this speaks to you in your 30s, maybe there's a problem. But uh, when you're a teen, this movie will probably shake your worldview a little bit. Or at least, at the very least, and that's you know, just one thing you like cinema to do is just make you think. Yeah, but now that I've I have real friends and a girlfriend and, and fulfillment I've, in life, and I have hobbies and I, I like myself and I'm just the type of person that I want to be. This movie is just very exhausting because it's like talking to that younger version of myself that would post memes about how depressed I am and shit like that. And it's just, go work out, go talk to real people. Get a haircut. Get a fucking haircut, get some hobbies, and that's what you need to do. And then we can criticize capitalism in a different way, okay? Yeah, I would say get your bench pressed to two plates before you start bombing credit card buildings. Uh <laughs> Yeah, um, the movie. Oh yeah, the last thing. The movie's a little too long. It's like yeah. two hours twenty minutes. Yeah. Probably could have shaved twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give four to five bags of popcorn. Yeah, that's yeah. You know this is um, yeah um, yeah. It's a cop classic. Yeah, it's getting into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Right there. I'm blowing up the building. They're not getting in. Well, which building? 
that that hosts the servers for the cloud. <laughs> yeah, it won't do anything. We have it hosted on another server. You, well, you think that's gonna do anything? You've been taking Watch the wrong out. lessons from the Watch film, out. okay? Yeah, this ain't killing me, but that that's okay. We can disagree here on cult of. Well, said it was a classic, so that's two for two out of three. Um, that's gonna be a W and a cop classic induction. <laughs> Guys, um, comment and tell us in the comments if you like Fight Club and if you agree with its message. And uh, I have a little uh, sort of organization I can invite you to if you are interested. And comment uh, Reality Records if you agree with my uh, review of the movie. If you agree with me, say self ma comment self-masturbation. Or shit. Say self-masturbation is improvement. Do it. Anything else? Um, no, but we need to pick a movie. Do you have a I picked this week. Yeah, I got a movie. Um, well, let, let's hear what it is before we lock it in. Uh, well, it's locked in. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing the movie Serial Mom. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Caitlin said the this other shit. day that she was excited to rewatch it. Not really sure what that meant. But now we will be doing Serial Mom. So, uh, John Waters, get excited. Um, so did, did you figure out who you saw it with? Oh, I figured it out the day I mentioned it. But Oh, I saw it with Caitlin. Oh, so, well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay, well, you know, jury's out on that one. It, maybe, maybe Luke's yeah, out. Yeah, jury's out because the, the court established maybe, the connection between, uh, you know, the movie and who I watch it with. Maybe Luke saw it with his own imaginary buddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like the type of movie that... It, a cool imaginary friend would watch a John Waters movie. Yeah. yeah, like who would I watch this fringe horror movie with? I'm like, oh, brother. Serial <laughs> <laughs> mom. And I have a whole whack of movies um, planned that I got from a list. So um, those will be coming after those. Yeah, so fuck the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, anything else again? No, that's it. Anything else now? I want to sh uh, shout out to um, why well, just one more time shout out to Meatloaf. I never actually listened to Bad Out of Hell, but I think it sold a lot. So, yeah. Also, the audio quality will hopefully be better going forward. I'm gonna tinker around with the settings and stuff. I mean, before we started, it was like this weird mono thing where my audio would coming to the left ear and Matt's audio would come to the right. It's super weird, but we'll work on noise reduction and all that stuff so it sounds even more crispy. We we will be making some changes to the cop sound mixing team. Mm -hmm. um, rest assured, uh, heads will roll because of this. And if we have more episodes like this... Um... <laughs> Shit. Yeah. 
If you enjoyed anything you heard today, make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and umfm.com. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page at COP Podcast.